Welcome to Prophecy Views podcast. Um, today I wanted to come to you, I'm trying to start up a whole new format here a little bit so that I can come to you a little more often. We will still do the videos and such, but uh, it takes so much um, setup time and uh, uh, editing time that I would like to start a podcast forum so that I can bring you news that fits into Bible prophecy, sort of uh, uh, as it happens, I guess you'd say. So bear with me on this. Uh, I'm going to be bringing you all of these different uh, agreements that are happening in the Middle East under the Trump's peace plan because I think this is so important and uh, cannot be overlooked. I truly believe that these are the this is the agreement once entirely put together with all the nations on board that will be the one that starts the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon. And uh, I can't stress to you enough to keep your eye on this stuff, and we will do it for you as well. But I want to get into this because today this is uh, 9-11 of all days, uh, September 11th. Um, Trump obviously announced the other day that there was uh, an agreement that is actually going to be formally signed in the White House in a day or two, but where uh, Israel has uh, normalized ties to the United Arab Emirates, so each country respectively will set up an embassy in each, in each other's country and have normalization of ties. But today, uh, which was no surprise to us that watch this, Bahrain has now entered into a similar accord as uh, they've um, come on to the same type of an accord. I believe this all falls under one Abraham Accord. Uh, I think you're going to see other nations start signing on to it. And what we're eventually looking for are uh, European nations to sign on to it because we know from the statue in Daniel 2 and the indications of the same ten horns in. Revelation, uh, the ten toes in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Uh, Daniel later turns those into the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom, which later show up in Revelation. That was written by John uh, 500, 500 and some, whatever years later. We know that the Antichrist has to come out of this ten nation alliance, which has to come from the Holy Roman Empire or Europe, the reborn Holy Roman Empire, the European Union. So having said that, and seeing how this Abraham Accord is coming together, I fully believe this Abraham Accord is probably what we're looking for. Um, so what I am looking for are European nations to start start signing on to this. Um, but today, Bahrain, uh, they've announced that Bahrain has formally set up ties with Israel. Now this is huge, and, and I I noticed in this, um, video that I watched that Jared Kushner probably put a recap on this entire situation with the Abraham Accord better than anybody else. So I'm going to see if the audio comes out all right. This is the first time I'm attempting to do this. So um, I'm going to see if my microphone will pick it up in good enough quality that, that we can do this on the run. And uh, I, I want you to listen to how Jared Kushner just summarizes the entirety of what has happened. But I also want you to catch 
about the last thing he says, um, where there's delegations throughout the Middle East that are working continually on this Abraham Accord. So take a listen to Jared Kushner. I just returned from the region last week. I was in the Middle East where uh, I took the first commercial flight that's ever flown from Israel to the United Arab Emirates. Uh, that flight flew over Saudi Arabian airspace. It was the first time in 72 years that Saudi Arabia has now waived their airspace uh, to allow commercial flights to fly from Israel back and forth. Bahrain then did the same thing. The United Arab Emirates waived a 48-year boycott on Israel, which was an incredible development. And there are now delegations moving throughout the Middle East, figuring out how to bring the people closer together. Um, so if you're following this in a perspective of Daniel 9.27, Daniel 9.27 says, and he, and it's speaking of the Antichrist there, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for, and what it describes as a seven-year period, a week of years, a seven-year period. So we know a couple of things from this. We know the Antichrist has to come out of Europe. And I'm simply trying to get you on my, on my mind frame here, on, on how I see things that pop up. Eventually, everybody that listens to these podcasts will be in the same mind frame that I am, and you'll be ahead of me before I even get to a point. But right now, I want you to understand, scripturally, we know that the Antichrist is going to come out of the reborn Holy Roman Empire, the European Union. That's a whole nother podcast. But knowing that and knowing that the Antichrist is going to confirm this covenant means that we are starting to look for European nations to start agreeing with this and, and formally agreeing to this and putting their name to it. Uh, it is entirely possible that um, the Antichrist could come out of Russia as Europe technically extends over to the Eurasia Mountains in Russia. And uh, if you were to make a top 10 list of people that would line up with the Antichrist, Putin uh, could definitely fit that, fit that bill. Um, so um, keep an eye on, Russia could, could very well fulfill that. Um, I'm just looking at some notes that I've made here um, that we're going to see European nations come on board with this. Uh, we already, so if you look at Daniel 9, 27, he will confirm the covenant with many. So now we are starting to see this many um, that is described in Daniel 9, 27. And as I've said before in my in videos that we've put out, um, it's always been two-party talks up until Donald Trump came along. And he took a whole different approach. He said instead of getting Israel and the Palestinians together and trying to come up with an agreement, because what happens every single time are these Arab nations are not included in it, which I don't know that they necessarily cared, but they would almost kill the uh, agreement before it would even get off the ground, before it would even be completed. Um, so the Palestinians felt like they had a lot of nations that had their back as they were going through these peace talks with other presidents. And then all of a sudden, Donald Trump comes along and he says, we're going to take a different approach. We're going to go to these other nations first, get them on board, get them on board by using a common enemy as Iran. These nations are scared to death of Iran. Iran wants to overthrow these nations. Iran wants to control the entire Middle East. 
And if it were not for us, they would. They are that powerful. They are that strong. But we keep them at bay and we keep them checked. So these other nations are scared to death of Iran. So Trump is using that and saying, all right, if you will get on board with my peace plan, us and Israel will protect you from Iran, but you've got to come on board with this peace agreement. And now we're seeing uh, arms or branches, if you will, of that peace agreement, which initially, and this is why I was not surprised that Bahrain uh, came on to this Abraham Accord in the early stages, because if you go back a couple of years ago when Donald Trump, um, I, was it June of last year, maybe? Um, he came out with the economic portion of his peace plan, which uh, was the economic summit was held in Manama, Bahrain. And so uh, it's no, and that was a $50 billion uh, economic stimulus package. So it's no surprise that Bahrain would come on board with this because they were already involved with this back in the very beginning. So he came out with the economic portion in June 25th and 26th in Manama, Bahrain. Now this was last year. And then this January, the very end of January, he finally launched his political side of his peace agreement. The Palestinians are mad at Donald Trump because he moved our embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Uh, and just at the, at the outrage of the Palestinian people and also of most of the nations in the U United Nations. Now, Trump does not seem to care what the United Nations uh, thinks about uh, the moves that he makes. He doesn't seem to, to, to really take much so need. He doesn't need to take much um, accounting what they, what they feel about it. So Trump moves our embassy. The Palestinian people are outraged. And I think this is an important thing because, yes, this agreement will ultimately be between the Palestinian people and the Israelis as far as the parties involved around this peace agreement. However, um, I believe, and, and I didn't see the picture until Trump's peace plan was laid out, and then all of a sudden it started to click. Trump's peace plan is set up to where only one party of the two parties has to agree on it, and then the peace plan can go ahead and move forward. And so the other party gets drug into this. Now, also the way he set it up is he got these nations that would normally go against it and destroy the peace plan. He's got them on board with it. So now they are putting pressure on the Palestinians. So the Palestinians are getting pressure from all directions around them. And Mahmoud Abbas, which is the leader of the Palestinians, uh, is sort of flailing out there in the wind all by himself. There's very few nations that are uh, standing up for him. Um, now, the nation of Iran, obviously, is standing up for the Palestinians and Mahmoud Abbas because um, they are the, the bad guy in this story. They are the one that everybody is um, being protected against. But we also know that Iran and Russia will be two of the main nations that come against Jerusalem at the Battle of Armageddon, and you can look that up. And I believe Zechariah gives us a pretty good indication of that. 
So this agreement is like no other. It's an approach like no other. The style of Trump's peace plan is simply unheard of. And when you take a look at all the descriptions of the situation around what the peace plan will look like, and then you look at it from a standpoint of Matthew 24, stating that at the time the Antichrist is revealed, the... um, the Palestinian people will overrun the West Bank and start slaughtering the Jews that live out there. So it really does paint a picture that they really are not happy with this peace plan. And so that makes an ent- that makes a whole lot of sense. Because before I was thinking, how can you have a peace plan that everybody's happy with, everybody is on board with and thrilled with, and then all of a sudden at the three and a half year point, halfway into this seven year period, they get mad and overrun and slaughter the Jews that live out in Judea, or what we now call the West Bank. It didn't make a lot of sense to me before, but uh, but I didn't have an understanding of how that was all going to come about. Now, Donald Trump came along, and I believe that God made him the man that he is to be the man of the hour right now. Um, you can say what you like of Trump one way or the other. Now, he is fulfilling a lot of Bible prophecy, and he is the deal maker, and I believe uh, he is... Um, qualified like no other to put this peace plan together. Uh, He is the ultimate deal maker. Um, He wrote the book, The Art of the Deal. And so I think God has prepared him to be the man to fulfill this prophecy. And so he came in, and and he is. He's moved our embassy to to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv, uh, and now other nations have started to do that. Um, He's got the whole laundry list that Jared Kushner just read off to you. And so I urge you, take a look at this. We are going to keep an eye on this. And with the help of, a, of podcasting, um, I'm going to be able to bring these breaking news situations that I think are heavily involved in prophecy. I'll be able to bring them to you immediately and give you uh, a scriptural evaluation on them. So uh, keep up with this. Um, follow this podcast. And uh, we're going to... Uh, attach another uh, we're going to come up we're going to have another topic here in just a moment Um, stay with us for just a second and uh, we'll be right back thank you for staying tuned now before we move on to the next article or the next I guess the next thought that I have I want to touch base on something while we're still in the Middle East Um, one of the articles that I pulled up it's an exclusive Uh, article from Israel Hayam, which uh, means Israel today. So it'd be like USA Today. So it's Israel Hayam has an exclusive article that a former world leader played a key role in the Israel-UAE deal. And I was curious as to who that was because that was such a, that was such a big, um, uh, an event, big event in the news towards Bible prophecy that I wanted to see who it was. So I looked it up and uh, it was Tony Blair. Now, the reason that I bring it to the microphone about um, Tony Blair, and, I'm, and I uh, purposefully bring it here, is because there are a group of people that believe Tony Blair could possibly be the Antichrist uh, when that time comes around. And I don't argue to that one way or the other, except to say um, he's not high up on my list. I'm not saying it's impossible. 
But uh, one of the descriptions in Scripture of the Antichrist is he is more stout than his fellows. And there's a couple of different ways I suppose you could look at that. Um, one way is financially stout. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I would struggle with having him high on my list. But, um, you know, Scripture saying that um, we may not know the exact day or hour that uh, that uh, Christ will come back. Now, the reason I bring that up right now is if when the right person and the right leader signs a peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis, it will mark the beginning of the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon. So this is an extremely important topic to follow. And so uh, with these countries and nations signing on to this Abraham Accord in at different times and different intervals and and uh, us not knowing exactly at this point in time which leader it is that will be the Antichrist, you could see how it could create some confusion as to when we have finally started the final seven years. Now, we'll know for sure uh, once the Antichrist reveals himself standing in the temple of God when he claims to be God or in some manner uh, does that. So then we'll know we'll have three and a half years left, but we may not know exactly when the final seven years starts to the day because we may not know which signing it is that uh, involves what will eventually be the Antichrist. So this is something that I would keep my eye on. But um, really, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is just, you know, the Scripture tells us between uh, Daniel 12, four, or I'm sorry, Revelation 12, 14, and then the first part of Revelation 13, the first, say, eight or ten verses of Revelation 13, gives us a description uh, of the United States protecting Israel uh, in the final three and one half years. And uh, it also paints a picture of us. That's in Dan uh, Revelation 12, 14. Uh, and it says that we are purposefully protecting her, the nation of Israel, from the face of the serpent, from the face of the Antichrist. And then you see a picture of the one world government beast that the Antichrist will eventually control. And you're looking at uh, of the feet of the bear, the body of the leopard, the mouth of the lion, the ten horns of the ten horn kingdom. There are no eagle's wings on that. So we have said for quite some time that it appears that the United States will, to some degree or another, pull away from the United Nations. Now, I don't know if I'm going to claim that we have to necessarily 100% pull away from the United Nations, but we are not going to be part of their skullduggery or their... Um, their attacks on Israel, we are going to be going against the United Nations when they go against Israel uh, at the Battle of Armageddon and in that final three and a half years, in fact. And so we've already seen a good amount of that. You can look at our previous videos where we've pointed out that we pulled away from the World Health Organization and things like that. But, you know, really what I want to do is take a step back. And I was doing this last night as I was looking through some news articles just take a step back and look at everything going on in this nation. As this nation and as our leader has started pulling us away from the United Nations and and away from uh, separating separating us, if you will, from from the one world government and us kind of heading off in our own direction and standing up for the nation of Israel. You know, you look at all of this stuff that is now coming to the surface, and I believe 
uh, it's only further proof that that this scripture is coming to pass um, and that it's actually happening. And we are seeing this truth trying to come out and the, the, the evil spirits that have been in uh, embedded in this country in the last how many decades, decade upon decade, and it's these evil spirits are very well rooted uh, in in this nation, and it seems like in this time that God is trying to reveal Himself and 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 stand this nation uh, separate from the other nations and uh, prepare us and prepare the heart of this nation to be the um, epicenter, if you will, of the greatest revival the world has ever seen. And that is prophesied in Revelation to happen. Um, there will be a multitude that no man can number from every kindred, every nation, every tongue. But I believe the epicenter of that revival and the foundation of that revival is going to come out of the United States. And so we see this tearing apart of our nation, the truth trying to come out um, and trying to suppress these evil spirits and these demonic spirits. And so you see the uptick in arrest of pedophilia. Um, and I believe Donald Trump's wall is only going to hurt the pedophilia and the human trafficking industry. I think that is a lot of the reason behind it. And I don't think he's emphasized that impact enough. Um, I think more Americans would be on board with it, uh, although I think plenty are. Uh, I think more Americans would be on board with it if he touted that even further. But the pedophilia arrests are uh, at an unprecedented level. Um, it, we hardly go a few days, but what if you keep an eye on the right news that, that they tell you that 39 kids were, were uh, found and so many people were arrested in a, in a human trafficking ring or a pedophilia ring. or um, There are several news articles just in the past few days on this. And then you take a look at the riots that are going on. And you could even go as far as to say um, the wildfires that are ravaging the West Coast. Um, is that potentially a judgment of God? I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, uh, and the use of COVID uh, as a weapon, as a political weapon in this country. And I don't know of another time in this country that you could say so much is going on at one point point in time to just overwhelm um, the the American the average American person and you know if you take a step back at it of it and just take a step back and look at it um, you know I look at things probably a little different than most people because I know generally how things are going to turn out now I don't know I didn't see this necessarily the COVID itself coming or uh, the upheaval that we're seeing coming, but I know how things are going to turn out. Um, the United States cannot protect Israel at the final three and a half years, and we cannot keep ourselves out of the United Nations if we elect a Democrat into office. So I truly do not see another Democrat being put in office between now, um, really between now and the, and the completion of the final seven years, and we haven't started it exactly yet, but uh, I, I definitely do not see another Democrat being in the White House. And I would go as far as to say we will not see another George Bush-type globalist Republican in the White House between now and then. 
Now that's just, well, I say that's my opinion, but I think there's a lot of scripture to back that up. So take a look. Uh, you take a look at Revelation 12, 14, and the first eight verses or so of, of Revelation 13, and it's hard to come to a different conclusion. Now, we're going to see how it all plays out. And, you know, Christ himself told us when it, in regards to telling you things in advance or prophecy or whatever you want to call it, I tell you these things so that when they come to pass, you might believe. Friends, we are going to be able to use the prophecies of the Bible, especially in the final seven years. I think God is going to prepare the hearts of the people in this nation and around the globe, as a matter of fact. There's, there's scripture for that. The greatest revival the world has ever seen that's painted in Revelation, uh, a multitude that no man could number of every kindred, every nation, every tongue. And these are they that came out of great tribulation. So these, this revival is going to be from a, a population, a big part of the population of the earth in the final three and a half years, the great tribulation. And so, folks, be prepared. Ha sit down and take a few minutes. If you're married and you have a family, if, if you have friends that you are very close to, don't be afraid. Sit down. Take this topic on head on. And I plan on doing this with my wife as well. I think we are so close to the final three and a half years, and I feel this all over me right now as I'm saying this. What are you going to do when you come to the realization, whatever point in time that is with you, that we are in the final seven years to the end of this age, to the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth, what are you going to do? What gear are you going to change? Are you going to live life a little bit differently? I think there are going to be plenty of people that sell everything they've got, buy an RV or do whatever it is they do, and they're just going to become full-time evangelists. I'm not saying that that's what myself and my wife are called to do. I, I don't necessarily know um, that what God may turn us in that direction. I, I'm not saying. We'll, I hope we respond to whatever direction God uh, has for us. Uh, but my goodness, uh, we have so much uh, happening right now, and it's only going to uptick once we enter the final seven years please, I would urge you to have this conversation with your significant other, your spouse. If you have kids, bring them into this conversation if you feel they are uh, old enough. I, I wouldn't even say if they're in church. Uh, I would say bring them in, set them down and say, listen, uh, we need to have a serious conversation and don't take this lightly. Uh, this is the greatest prophetic fulfillment in 2,000 years that we are talking about, once this peace agreement is signed by whoever turns out to be the Antichrist, we will enter the final seven years. And I just, I, this, you cannot take this too lightly. So what are you going to do? What discussion are you going to have with your family when it comes to knowing you now know, I'm not saying right now, but at that time, when you know for sure we are now in the final seven years, there just isn't any doubt about it. And listen, when you see the temple, when you see the temple being built, the Israeli temple being built, the Jewish temple being built on the temple mount, you can have no doubt in your mind that we're in the final seven years. Uh, because that temple will have to be built for the Antichrist to stand in it. You're going to have to come to the realization 
And there are plenty of my friends out there, and I hope that my friends are listening to this podcast. Um, This may be going on a little longer than I wanted in this segment, but I hope my friends are listening to this podcast that over the past few years or whatever have said to me or have said to me through another friend that says, look, they've been saying for 2,000 years that, that we are sitting on the second coming of Christ, and they're not wrong. That, that has been said. In fact, that was brought up, uh, you know, it, I believe is in Thessalonians saying, uh, the day, you've been saying that the day of Christ is at hand and it's not exactly at hand. It, it cannot happen unless there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed. He's referring to the Antichrist. When the third temple uh, is starting to be built, you cannot have any question in your mind that we are entering the final seven years. Um, I look any day now for them to declare one of the uh, red heifers ready to go and sacrifice that red heifer to cleanse the nation of Israel, what they believe they have to do to use their temple. And that can happen. That I think that should happen before the temple is built. We'll see what what they determine on that, but do you see how all of these topics that have nothing to do with each other, the red heifer being born and being of the third year has nothing to do with the fact that anti-Jewish sentiment will will come back and rear its ugly head, and that's happening as well, uh, which has nothing to do with the fact um, that a peace agreement will be issued, and you can even go back to 1948, the prophecy of Jerusalem being uh, the prophecy of Israel becoming a nation again. Every topic that is brought up in prophecy is now ready to go. We are ready to enter the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon, but please keep this in mind. And I'm just talking to you as this stuff is coming to my head. Please keep this in mind. If we are pretty confident that we have entered the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth. Remember something. Keep this in mind. There will be a war that has to happen in the in the first three and one half years. It has to happen scripturally before the Antichrist is revealed. So if we have entered that final seven years at that time, know that we are very, very close to the sixth trumpet war that the end result will be the killing of one-third of the human race. The spark of that war will be at the Euphrates River, but it will not be contained there because, number one, you can't kill that many people along the Euphrates River, and number two, the nations that pretty much house the Euphrates River are called to be at the Battle of Armageddon or part of it one way or the other. So um, one of the armies involved will be able to field a military, uh, an army of 200 million soldiers. It appears to be China, in my opinion. And so China may very well be wiped out, but that still wouldn't cover the the number of people that have to be killed to fulfill that prophecy. At this point in time, it'd be like 2.6 or 2.7 billion people are going to have to be killed to fulfill that that prophecy. So just keep this in mind. Um, Yes, the United States will survive this war. We don't know to what extent we know that we're strong enough to protect Israel or we wouldn't be able to fulfill Daniel 12:14 or Revelation 12:14 and we will fulfill that I promise you it's scripture we will fulfill that but there's a war coming up that's going to kill a third of the human race and we don't know but what some of those 
deaths may come to U.S. civilians. I think it would be heady and high-minded of us to think that, that, that we wouldn't catch some of that. Have this talk with your family. Um, yes, try to keep the try to keep it um, as gentle as possible. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but at the same time, don't dodge the subject. Don't dodge what your role is going to be in this final seven years. Uh, like I say, I plan on having this talk with my wife. It's been on my mind the past couple of days. What are we going to do? In I'm talking about my household. What is my wonderful wife, my wonderful, wonderful wife, what are her and I going to do when we know for certain that we are in the final seven years to the second coming of Jesus Christ and to the rapture? Now, we know you can't take things with you. You can't take your money with you. You can't take your nice car with you. You can't take your house with you, your possessions with you when you leave this world. But there's one thing you can take with you, and that's souls. And wouldn't it be wonderful to look down the way of all the spirit, the souls that, those of us that come back with Christ to fight at the Battle of Armageddon, wouldn't it be nice to look down that row of, of souls and see some of your friends there that you won to the Lord. Keep this in mind, friends. Ha ha have this conversation with your family. I know this is a bit of a sobering topic, um, and I necessarily wasn't going to go down this road, but I just felt it, and it just came on me, and so and so I did. Thank you for tuning into this. You can support us um, directly with our podcast channel on Anchor. Um, there's a contribution thing there. We truly need your support. I think you can tell by this conversation we're having now that if we are this close ministries like this are going to need your support. So please consider doing that. Um, you can also directly support us uh, directly at our website of prophecyviews.com. Thank you. We're going to do these podcasts. No, they won't all be this serious uh, and sobering, but uh, if you stay tuned this long, thank you so much. Give this a like. Give this podcast a like. Um, if you see it on Facebook, give it a, give it a like. And uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you very, very soon. God bless.